Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. We are in day three of our look at Philippians chapter four, verses eight and nine today. We looked yesterday at worry, at anxiety. Truth of the matter is, when it comes to having joy in our thoughts, where we think you need a good defense and you need a good offense. You need a good defense against worry in your life, against anxiety. You have to deal with the negative thoughts that come in. But these verses, verses eight and nine, remind us that we need a good offense also. We need to attack anger, we talked about. We need to arrest anxiety, but we also need to choose purity. That's what verses eight and nine of Philippians chapter four are all about. Focus on the positive. Let me read those verses to you. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. If I want joy in my thoughts, I I cannot, you cannot abuse your mind with impure thoughts, words, and images and expect somehow that peace and security are gonna flow out any more than you would believe that you'd lose weight on a healthy diet of donuts and maple syrup. It's just not gonna work. So Paul says in these verses, to experience joy in your thoughts, you have to focus on the positive. He talks about that in verse eight. Philippians chapter four, verse eight, is a verse that I have run through my mind literally thousands of times. When a negative thought attacks me, when a negative situation comes upon me, this is the verse that I go to. Whatever's good and honorable, right and pure and lovely, anything excellent, anything praiseworthy, think about those things. Truth is, you cannot make everything around you positive. You cannot make everyone around you positive. Bad things happen in your life. People are rude. There are negative images all around you in our society. So do you have to become a hermit to accomplish these verses? No, no. This isn't saying you push out of your life any person that's rude. This is talking about how you think within when you're confronted by a rude person. When you're confronted by an image that is impure in our society. Now, you don't choose impure images, but you know what I'm talking about. They're all around us. So what do you do? How do you handle this? Let's do this verse instead of talking about it. As I walk through these eight words in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, let's, instead of thinking about what we're talking about, let's do what we're talking about and focus our heart and mind on the positive. Paul says, whatever is true, think about that. So let's do that right now. Right now, as you're driving along, you're sitting at your desk or you're running or whatever you happen to be doing, right now, think about that which is true. This idea of true here has the idea of that which will not let you down. Now, let me just give you an illustration. You're in a meeting with your boss and your boss is reacting with jealousy towards another boss in your company and they're making your life miserable because of it. What do you do? If you're gonna focus on that which is true, that which will not let you down, what do you do in that situation? Do you have to quit your job? Say, oh, sorry, boss, I can only think about true things, you're being untruthful now, I'm leaving. No, no, this is about where you focus your mind. And even in the midst of this jealousy of a boss, you can focus your mind on what's true. Jesus Christ, I pray for them. I see their jealousy, they can't see it yet. Help them to see it, help them to know you love them. Help them to know they have security. Help them to know that uh, they don't have to be threatened by things like this. You can focus your mind on what is true, whatever is true right now. Just take a moment to focus on that which will not let you down, the love of God, the power of God, the security you have in Jesus Christ, the hope of heaven. As a believer in Christ, that will not let you down. 
whatever is true, whatever is noble, the second word, this has the idea of that which lifts your eyes up. It was a word that was used of gods and temples of gods. And this has the idea of a person who moves about this world as if it were a temple of God. You see God's creation, God's opportunity to do something in everything. You see the value in something and someone because you see what God could do in their lives. This is true of people. This is also true of God's creation. I love to walk through the redwoods in Northern California. They're incredible creations of God. And, and, and as I walk through, I get this sense of this is God's temple. I, I believe in obviously worshiping God with other believers in a church. I don't believe in making nature your church, but I do believe that as you see what God has made, there's an opportunity to lift your head up and see that which is noble and recognize the greatness and the grandeur of God. Do that right now. Some person, something. Now, you might be on the freeway right now looking around at other cars thinking, what's noble about this? Well, what's noble is the fact that God made man with enough creativity to make all of those cars. It's a pretty incredible thing. God in his creation shows us his nobility. God in what he wants to do in our lives shows us his power. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. The third word is things being done in God's way. Now, right doesn't mean winning the argument. It means rejoicing in God's will. So do that right now. Rejoice in the fact that even though everything may not be right in your world, God has a will for your life that is right. He has a plan that is right, and he has a future that is right. Choose to think about what's right. Whatever is pure. Pure had the idea of that which is so clean, it's ready to be brought into God's presence and used in his service. Now, as a believer in Christ, that's you. That's what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. Now, you may think, not me. You may think, I don't want to call myself pure. What if I sin again? How can I call myself pure? I mess up. What if I sin again? That's like saying you can't take a shower because you might get dirty again. The truth of the matter is Jesus Christ cleansed you by dying on the cross for you, and you accepted that gift. He cleansed your heart. And yes, you do have to come to him again and again when you have sinned again and remind yourself of the fact that he cleansed you on that cross. And the longer you wait, the more your attitude starts to stink. Just like the longer you wait to shower, the more you stink. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus gave you a purity because of what he did for you that cannot be taken away by anything, anyone in this world. So right now, remind yourself of that. Remind yourself of God's cleansing in Jesus Christ. Feel the crystal clear stream of his love. Focus on that which is pure. Satan wants you to focus on that which is dirty. Focus on that which is pure. As we continue to walk through these words, whatever is lovely. And that doesn't just mean pretty. Isn't that a lovely flower? That's not what this means. It means that which motivates love. What is it that motivates love in your life and other people's lives? It's a mentally healthy thing sometimes to sit down if you're married and look through your wedding pictures if you have them and remind yourself of the love that motivated you to make a commitment for a lifetime toward one another. That is a lovely thing. That motivates love in your life. Whatever is admirable. Admirable, the definition of that word, one definition is the things that are fit for God to hear. What is it admirable that you've heard today, that you're going to hear today? Things that lift up the mind and heart because you've heard them. How can you look for what's best in the words of people today? What's best in the people that are around you? That's an admirable quality. That's an admirable quality. 
And it doesn't have to be just quote unquote Christian spiritual Bible things. You can admire the way that somebody does their work. You can admire the diligence in their work. You can admire the fact that they're good with people. There's a lot of ways you can look at admirable things in our world. And God says, focus on that. Whatever is excellent, any mental excellence or moral quality or physical power, the creativity you see in a great movie, the sacrifice of a great leader, seeing your kid make a a perfect dive if you're uh, watching him at a, a sports event. Whatever is excellent, let your mind go to that. Your your mind, my mind, so easily goes to the lower and the base things of life. If you just let it run naturally, that's where it'll go. But choose, Paul says, by God's strength and through God's spirit in you, choose to think about that which is excellent. And then he says, think about the things that are praiseworthy, the eighth word. Anything that calls down the approval of God, think about that. Remember, that is good. Think about what God is doing in this world. Now, it's interesting, all eight of these, they describe God's character and God's purpose in this world. And the question I have behind this is, where does my mind live? Question for you is, where does your mind live? Does it live in the dark and dirty slums of this world, or does it live in the bright temples of God? He's reminding us here, we have a choice. Isaiah 26, 3 says, he will keep in perfect peace those who trust in him, whose thoughts turn often to the Lord. We often live without peace and security and joy in our lives because of what we choose to think about. And these verses remind us that we are responsible for our thoughts. We're sort of like a radio. We are bombarded all day long, every day, by different frequencies. Selfish thoughts and kind thoughts and lustful thoughts and loving thoughts and joyful thoughts and depressing thoughts, they're all there. And these verses remind us we are responsible for what we choose to tune into. Becoming a believer in Christ gives you control over what station you tune into, the power of God to tune in a different way. And someone has said that these verses are saying to us that we need to let the mind of the master become the master of our mind. That is a choice. That is a choice. And once I've made that choice, then I can begin to do verse 9. Verse 9 says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. There it is again. God's peace. Now, the interesting thing about this verse to me is once I've got my mind focused on the truth, then I need to follow the truth, not just do the truth. It's interesting. It says here, I follow the truth. Paul says, what you've seen in me, follow that. Paul saw it in Jesus, and now he says, I want you to take what you see in me and follow that. That reminds me that in order to live the truth, I need a model. Truth is not something you just know in order to do. It's not even something that you just choose in order to do. Truth is something that you must follow. Jesus said, follow me, the only perfect example. But now Paul is saying, follow me, not a perfect example, but he was living his life trying to follow Jesus, the perfect example. So whatever you see me doing that's following Christ, follow me in that. And the promise in all of this is that the God of peace will be with you. As I focus on the positive, and then out of the strength that comes from that, I choose to follow the truth, God's peace will be with me. Oswald Chambers once said, if in the first waking moment of the day you learn to fling the door back and let God in, every public thing will be stamped with the presence of God. He's right there to hear me when I need him, to help me when I call upon him, to direct me as I look to him. And that's how I attack anger and reject anxiety. And it's how I choose purity that we've talked about today. It all begins right in my own thoughts, right in your own thoughts. I encourage you this week to do something that maybe you've never done before. 
Memorize a verse of the Bible. Memorize Philippians 4.8 so that whenever an ugly thought attacks you, whenever an unclean thought attacks you, you can bring this verse to mind. Whatever's true and noble and right and pure and lovely, whenever's admirable, whenever's excellent, whatever's worthy of praise, think about those things. Let's do that once more in prayer as we close this look at Philippians 4. Jesus Christ, if I don't know you yet, I invite you to pray. I want to get to know you now. And I begin by committing my heart and life to you. I invite you in. I don't even understand all that that means, but I want to get to know you. I know I need forgiveness for the wrong things I've done. And I know I need your daily leadership in life, so I ask for it. Help me to see in a new and fresh way what only you can do. I pray this in your name. Amen. Make sure you join us tomorrow. We're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 13. 